We are gathered here today for an emergency episode. Emergency 911. I am taking so many deep breaths as I prepare to discuss this article with you, Chandler, and this huge news. Taylor Swift, our Lord and Savior, a God I, walking this earth. Yeah. I feel like we're living in a Taylor Swift simulation. I could not agree more, and I am loving every second. So please, no one wake me up from this dream, from this simulation. No one. Taylor Swift has been named Time Magazine's 2023 Person of the Year. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Chandler. I could not care less about Time Magazine and their Person of the Year. I completely agree. I couldn't name one Time Person of the Year like from the past you know, 28 years of me being on this earth. Well, you know what's so funny about it is I looked up previous time people of the year and I'm like, oh, this is why mm-hmm. I don't care. This is about, these are global leaders, humanitarians, people really contributing to humanity. So this is why it's never been relevant to my life. Of course. Of course. Yeah. It's like, what was that one guy's name who just passed away who we couldn't remember what he did? Oh, Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger. Yeah. yeah. It's like Henry Kissinger type people. Very Hen- I don't know if he's good or bad. Very Henry but Kissinger yeah. adjacent. I still don't really know what he is um, or what he did. I know he is a person. He's a human. Anyway. Yes. So yeah, RIP. RIP. The thing that's incredible about this designation and this honor is that it came with <laughs> an interview. And this is not yes. something Taylor really does anymore. No, no. We have like very few interviews with Taylor Swift that we go back to that, you know, to rewatch and investigate and scrub for clues. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And so I think that, I don't know if you read the New York Magazine article by Taffy Brodesser Ackner, I think is how you pronounce it, but she's this really good writer. And she did this entire, entire cover story on Taylor Swift without Taylor Swift even sitting down for an interview because Taylor Swift declined. Like, And what she said in it is basically that Taylor Swift is at such a point that she doesn't need the promotion. Oh, absolutely. She doesn't need the publicity, right? She can generate the publicity on mm-hmm, her own. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, right. her agreeing to sit down for an interview is just, it's a seismic event. And then Beyond that, though, it's the things that we learned in this interview that have really just, I don't know, it was hard for me to sleep last night. It's not like this uh, reporter journalist got, you know, a 20 minute lunch with her at Via Corota. Like they met while they were in, while she was in LA, they met in New Mm -hmm. York. Like she spent a lot of time. Actually, I don't know who wrote if the person was male or female, but they spent a lot of time Mm -hmm. with Taylor, which is like, yeah, completely. We never get this. This is a very special day, everyone. So just please like relish, relish in this moment. I mean, everyone, when you're saying what you're thankful for next year at Thanksgiving, it can be that it wasn't someone like Greta Thunberg getting time person of the year, but one Taylor Swift. Okay. Honestly, I'm so grateful for the Taylor Swift pandemonium because I think it's, it's providing a little bit of escapism, you know, in a dark time. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm here for it. And I hope it continues into, you know, what will be a very bumpy year next year with the election. I could not agree more. The Eras tour might be the antidote to the election that provides us some sanity in next year's political, you know, nightmare. 
She might be the only person keeping the American people together. You know, at the end <laughs> it's of so true. Okay, so with that said, we are gathered today to do an emergency episode on all of the revelations from this article. And so, what I've done, Chandler, is I've cleaned this article of all the details that I think are self-evident and uninteresting. Okay, <laughs> so I love that you're using like Declaration of Independence words. <laughs> Like <laughs> self-evident. We hold these truths about Taylor Swift to be well, self-evident. Yeah, there are certain parts of the article where the author is like, I, he's justifying the fact that she's Time's person of the year. And he's talking about the right. economic contribution of the era's tour. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've heard it all before. We know she's constantly in headlines. We know this is the Look, biggest tour of all time. We know it's Taylor Swift's year. Yes. I think like there's some context setting for, you know, non-Taylor believers or people who've been living under a rock this year who need to understand her impact. We, we're not, we're those, not people. those people. And the people listening to this emergency bonus episode entirely dedicated to her, they don't need the context either. So what I've done, Chandler, is I pulled right. out the parts that I think are the most interesting that reveal interesting pieces of information. And then you and I, we can discuss them. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for those efforts. Oh, I do what I can. Okay. So the first part is when she talks about the heiress tour and really how demanding it is physically for her and just what she's put in to be able to perform at the level she's performing. So this is what she says. She says, I knew this tour was harder than anything I'd ever done before by a long shot. Swift says, each show spans over 180 minutes, including 40 plus songs from at least nine albums. There are 16 costume changes, pyrotechnics, and optical illusion in which she appears to dive into the stage and swim, and not one, but two cottagecore worlds which feature an abundance of moss. In the past, Swift jokes she toured like a frat guy this time she began training six months ahead of the show every day i would run on the treadmill singing the entire set list out loud she said fast for fast songs and a jog or a walk for slow songs mm-hmm. okay i'm sorry 12 3 30 what i figured out my workout i was just gonna say for 2024 literally i mean and that that's a three-hour cardio who is she have you ever done, wait, I've never done three hours of cardio in my goddamn life. Never in my entire life. Also, so when I was baking a bunch of stuff for Thanksgiving, I had my headphones on and I was really just listening to music, vibing, having the best time until Kagan came out of his office in a huff because yeah. he's like, can you please stop singing? He's like, it's completely off key. <gasps> it's it, it sounds so bad. It's like, stop, please stop. Anyway, ruined ruined that moment for me. I mean... I'm just glad he said it, not me. So I just, I shared a bathroom with you for a lot of years. And well, so Chandler though, I don't know how my marriage is going to survive my new workout program because I'm literally going to be performing the heiress tour on the treadmill now. I mean, that is going to snap me into shape. It absolutely will. And thank goodness for that. I want to say that we in our, you know, Taylor Swift group chat, we have pondered this question mm-hmm. for months. How does she visit? How is she physically able to do this mm-hmm. show? Because it is so taxing. I mean, if we'll, if you'll remember, or, you know, actually you didn't go to the tour. Sorry to bring that up. You're going to go <laughs> next year. You get tired in, while you're in your seat singing and dancing. Oh, you do. So the fact that she's the one perform. Yes. Yes. You like, there are moments where you're like, okay, I'm a little sick of standing, you know, in my like glitter flats and I would like to sit down. Taylor doesn't yeah. sit down. 
I mean, I guess she does for the piano stuff, but she doesn't, she never stops performing. So it was really fascinating. And it was, it was answers that we've been asking for, you know, about how she physically prepared for this. And then I think the really interesting part is what she says she does the day after Mm, the tour. Yeah. Or after, you know, a set of shows. Let's get that into this in in a second, because I also want to get into this. So she says her gym dog pound created a program for her incorporating strength, conditioning and weights. Then she says, I had three months of dance training because I really wanted to get it in my bones. I wanted to be so over rehearsed that I could be silly with the fans and not lose my train of thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's such a good insight that even going to the tour is exhausting. Right. But I think that she does make it look so easy. And if you're watching TikTok, if you're watching all the little moments, she really improvises and is silly with the fans a lot. Like she responds to people's costumes. Yeah. She responds to signs. Right. She fully has little moments with fans and winks at, winks at them and all yes. this stuff. When people bring up the errors that have gone wrong, it's always something with the stage, with the production, mm-hmm. never her. I don't feel like she's forgotten a single right. word or really forgotten a move. She has completely nailed it every time. Yeah. And anyway, I it's mean, just very impressive. Yeah, I feel like she's like, didn't she mess up the lyrics to like champagne problems or something? Like tiny things have happened, but I like, uh, who cares? I mean, that, that stuff to me is like makes her human. If anything, it makes me like well, her more because I'm just like, she's just I like think us. that champagne problems when she messed up the lyrics to that, that was the one time on the entire tour. Right. But it's kind of like when, when the door didn't open or when the, like the member when she went to swim and right. then it didn't open. I feel like there's been yes. like, and then she had to like stage run. issues. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and she had to run. And wardrobe malfunctions. Yes. yes. Anyway, yeah, it's just I think like I didn't give enough credit for how difficult it would be to really perform this show, Chandler. I mean, you are someone who spends 80% of your day on your sectional. Like, I'm sorry, we neither of us are built for anything like this. We could never, even if we trained really hard, if it's not in the cards for us. I just don't think that we have bodies that are capable of this much exertion. Okay. No, literally, I was... When I got home from work yesterday, I was like, is it possible that my legs are tired from being in the cold? I'm not built for it. The next little quote that I'm curious about is she says, with the exception of Grammy night, which was hilarious, she says, she also stopped drinking. Doing that show with a hangover, she says ominously, I don't want to know that world. Hmm. I'm. This was the mo- <sighs> one moment in the article where I was a little suspicious and a little thinking like, I... I I love Taylor, but I feel like we've seen her in the box. We've seen her at dinners. We've gotten receipts from what she's ordered. Right. I'm not sure she's entirely on Kyle Richards' program right now. Right, right. She's like, I'm incredibly clear right now. <laughs> yeah, this is... I don't... We're not buying this. And honestly, like, I, I think w- what we're buying is maybe that she's not drinking potentially the day of the show. Right, right. But yeah, she's, I mean, she's constantly coming back to New York for a girl dinner and she is drinking at those. You know, we've had, we have eyewitness yeah. accounts of her getting, you know, a cause of, what is she like a cosmopolitan cra- or cranberry, vodka cranberry? Basically, we have some insider scoop on what she's ordered at certain restaurants. Does this we make know. us seem like crazy stalkers? Yes. Are we potentially? We're not because there was that article in New York Mag that was like that journalist who went to every single restaurant she'd been to to talk to okay. waiter, waiters and we're servers. We're not at that level. Like, we're just like everyone else. Okay. But sorry, continue. I no, 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 you're good. Yeah. So I think there's been a, a few cosmopolitans here and there. But this is what I will say, Chandler. I think that it's highly relatable that for Taylor, not drinking is drinking socially every once in a while. 
You know what I mean? Wasn't she spotted leaving the tour with like a glass of wine, like like exiting the stage? The only other scenario is that maybe she loves a non-alcoholic wine like I do. Oh, yeah. That's potentially true. But she's a boy song girl. I love how much Taylor loves a beverage because I just find it to be highly relatable with a lot of health-focused friends. I love my Taylor Swift type of friends that are down to get a few cocktails. Yeah. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about Framebridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned, cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, Mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my Mm. clean, simple eats protein powder. Yeah. I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially. If you like the simply vanilla, if you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip. You got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water. And that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it is just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansimpleeats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansimpleeats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off so this next part is so riveting to me because it really goes to show the pressure she feels under and the investment from the fans that she is just so palpably aware of. So th- it's mm-hmm, two paragraphs. Mm-hmm. I want to read this. Fans fly across the country, stay in hotels, eat meals out, and splurge on everything from sweatshirts to limited edition vinyl, with the average era's attendee reportedly spending nearly $1,300. Swift sees the expense and effort incurred by fans as something she needs to repay. They had to work really hard to get the tickets, she says. I wanted to play a show that was longer than they ever thought it would be because that makes me feel really good leaving the stadium. So it continues. The Taylor effect was noticed at the highest levels of government. Carrying an economy on your back is a lot of pressure for one person. After she plays a run of shows... Swift takes a day to rest and recover. I do not leave my bed except to get food and take it back to my bed and eat it there. She says, it's a dream scenario. I can barely speak because I've been singing for three shows straight. Every time I take a step, my feet go crunch, crunch, crunch from dancing in heels. Maintaining her strength throughout workouts between shows is key. I know I'm going on that stage, whether I'm sick, 
injured, heartbroken, uncomfortable, or stressed. That's part of my identity as a human being now. If someone buys a ticket for my show, I'm going to play it unless we have some sort of force majeure, which is like an act of God. This is like making me emotional for some reason. Well, I think that, you know, you look at an artist like Adele, right? Who it seemed like she canceled her Las Vegas tour because she was like, this is what? I'm sorry. <laughs> Just coming right out of the gate, like swinging for well, Adele. Adele literally canceled her va- entire Vegas tour or Vegas residency because she like had a new boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, this is my speculation. She relatable. never. That's, that's more on our level. That is sure. more relatable for sure. But no, I think even hearing that she's going to perform, whether she's sick, whether she's heartbroken, I think that there are divas like Mariah Carey, right? Like potentially an Adele. And then there are the good American workers channel who put their shoulder to the wheel. <laughs> Do you disagree? No, I know I, this is why it makes me emotional. It makes me emotional because she has such grit. Such grit. And that grit is born from a place of, of knowing the sacrifice that her fans make and really wanting to give back to them. Like she, she understands like the responsibility that she has to her fans, I think, and how much they live and die by her. Sorry, that maybe sounds sounds poor after like what happened in Brazil. No, I completely agree. And like, don't you think when she says, I will go on whether I'm sick or heartbroken? Okay, mm-hmm. does that not speak mm-hmm. to probably playing so many shows heartbroken over the breakup with Joe? Absolutely. Absolutely. That definitely defined her mood for a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. And I think that was evident, self-evident. I think we, would, we wouldn't we would falter if she needed to cancel more shows. It's, it's actually so insane that she hasn't canceled really any besides the, you know, the one in Brazil due to the... Right. And that, also, I just think it's so interesting to hear about the physical toll it takes on her body. Just like the pain in her feet from dancing in heels for 10 hours. Yes. How she just doesn't leave bed. Also, another interesting part is her talking about how she only gets up to go get food and bring it back to her bed. And this reminded me of, mm-hmm. so there was a People Magazine article that recently came out. Taylor's on the cover. She did not sit for an interview about it, but some of her friends gave quotes. And Aaron Dessner from The National, he said that, and all the time he's hung out with Taylor, stayed at her house. He has never seen anyone waiting on her. Like she even, she made dinner for all the friends. She's incredibly down to earth. I don't know why I find this. Yeah. Really? I find this to be so intriguing because you would think yeah. you'd, get some, like, you'd get some help. You'd think you'd have like a sudden, at the very least, a sudden-esque assistant, like to heat up mac and cheese. Yes. Yeah, so she says, I go get, like she goes and picks up the Uber Eats from the doorstep and then brings it up to her bed. I don't, I don't know. I just find yeah, this. What? Like, no. I don't think she, I don't know. I'm just very confused by the lack of honestly diva behavior. Okay, so the next part I want to get into with you is about her working with her family. So you and I have speculated a lot about her and her family's dynamic. You know, they are constantly with her. We've talked about Austin Swift. He's a little bit more of an enigma. Um, and she gave, <laughs> To say the she, least. Yeah, to say the least. She gave a short quote about it, but I do think it revealed quite a bit. The article reads, Swift grew up on a Christmas tree farm in Pennsylvania with her younger brother, Austin. Her father, Scott, was a stockbroker at Merrill Lynch, and Andrea worked in marketing. Her family still works closely with her today. 
My dad, my mom, and my brother come up with some of the best ideas in my career, Swift says. I always joke that we're a small family business. Mm. Which is hilarious. Hilarious. Oh, I think that's so cute. I also I just love knowing the recycled jokes she makes all the time. Just oh, sorry, we're just a small family business. Mom and pop. Exactly. This is our mom and pop shop. It, it it's cute. It's cute. It's just also like I, I guess I want to know what ideas Austin has come up with. I'm just skeptical that Austin's coming up with amazing marketing ideas. Andrea and Scott can do no wrong. Austin, kind of a flop. You really have an axe to grind against Austin. It's a strange thing. Anytime he's brought up on the podcast, you have some sort of nag to throw out. I just feel like, personally, it says a lot about her that she's not just saying like, oh, my family works with me or whatever she's like she wants to make it super clear that they contribute very real value lauren you're exactly right and i'm sorry for even trying to grind an axe with about austin i believe that her family is like i think like it would make sense that those are the people who are helping her run this business because maybe those are the only people she can truly trust you know it would be hard to trust people so yeah my apologies to austin i actually don't and i don't want to deal with him coming after us in the dms or anything or in our comments which has been happening recently for me with Austin Swift has been coming out no, for just you in the DMs. Anytime I make a hot take about a celebrity, they come for me. Oh, that's true. That's true. How are you doing recovering from Kathy Hilton's assault on you? I think we're out of the woods. She followed us on Instagram and, you know, I paid her respect and I apologized to her. But no, I'm not doing great about it. It's actually making me never want to say anything negative ever again. So mission accomplished, well, everybody. This was Chandler's second celebrity who clapped back at her. I mean, I don't know that Bryn Whitfield is a celebrity yet, but she's certainly well known. And Chandler made that joke about how she like basically was, um, I, I don't know, should we, should we get back to Taylor? I'll quickly say I made what I thought was a hilarious joke about how her hobby seemed a little bit contrived and it seemed a little bit like, you know, just something seemed to miss there that didn't seem totally authentic. Exactly. Anyway, we have never gotten so much flack on a video. People were coming for us. And I thought this was a very innocuous joke. Anyway, Bryn said, LOL, you know, read a book. Like I can help you get a library card, girl. And I'm like, bitch, I have three library cards. And then she started commenting on the other people who had clapped back at us on, on TikTok and was like, these girls can't stand that someone basically is like pretty right, beautiful and intellectual. <laughs> I'm like, I'm living that story every day. <laughs> Chandler, that is so true. You're already it like is. you is you already I am uh, beautiful and intellectual. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you have two library cards. I have three. I have three, everybody. I've I've since this clapback, I've gotten my third. Well, I hope Brynn is to listening Taylor. right now. Back to Taylor. Anyway, don't you think that's cute about her making it so clear it is totally that the family cute. contributes value? Absolutely. It is cute. It's intentional. She loves her family. And I love that Scott and Andrea have like a you know a good relationship post-divorce. Yeah. And I think it just like, I think it would be so easy for a superstar like Taylor to just surround herself by yes people and yep. by sycophants. Well, and so I think that there's something about like, okay, if you were to rise to total stardom, okay, would you yeah. hire me and mom? You? To- no. <laughs> <laughs> would you want You're getting me, the boot. me, mom, and dad around you at all times on Actually, that journey? It's funny you say that. I feel like I I really wouldn't hire you because you guys are not yes men. 
like every time I ask mom for fashion advice, she's always got comments. She's not just like, you look amazing and everything. Same with you. When I talk to you about wedding stuff, it's not just like, yes, 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 yes. You know, you're, you no, are very supportive. But I have a lot. You've got to opinions. Yeah. You've got flags. You've got opinions. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. And I will say, I do think in terms of her wardrobe styling, I do think she is surrounded by yes men or women. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Honestly, is there a world Chandler where she reaches out to that girl who started the You Belong in this Instagram account and is like, style me, like hires her? I feel like there's a world where that could happen. I hope so. I mean, I feel like I just wonder what Gigi's perspective on this. I wonder if there's ever just like an unguarded because I feel like Gigi Hadid has good style. You know, like I just want I'm not going to talk to Blake Lively about this, but I wonder if there's, you know, sometimes like some gentle guiding from Mm. Gigi that's like, maybe we don't wear the petty boy cap. (laughs) (laughs) She's like gentle, gentle guiding. I think I've been I've been looking on who, what, where I've been. I went to the fashion shows. I didn't see any newsy caps. Okay, I didn't. I just didn't at Paris Fashion Week. I got to tell you that girl. For all we know, every time Gigi goes over to the apartment, she hides a hat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, It actually reminds me when I was in the eighth grade, when a freshman year of high school, excuse me, I went to Express uh, school shopping that summer and I got three (laughs) pairs of pedal pusher, like tweed looking pants. They're like a tweed material. What are are pedal pusher? What does that mean? Um, Like ankle length. Okay. Very sensible. (laughs) and and then i got i had maybe like four silk shirts that were all the same type in a certain color okay i'm sorry in a different color did you get hired as a paralegal also your freshman year of high school (laughs) i didn't but i was certainly dressed okay to be of service to anyone uh, in a professional environment um as i was traipsing around san Clemente high school and then i had two pairs of kitten heels and i would i would hilarious. <laughs> this is the, ugliest the capsule outfit. wardrobe for a paralegal paralegal if, starter kit i would love i would die for a single picture of me in this fit anyway so chandler every day i would wear the ver- a variation of the exact same outfit it was your Just uniform different colored pants different colored shirt but be honest so, but, did you ever take one of dad's legal pads no, I did not. It, I, this probably was close to Legally Blonde being released. So maybe I was in like a phase where I was thinking about my glittering legal career in the future. Um, yeah. I wanted to dress for the job I wanted. I don't know. But what's funny about this is my friend Isabella came over speaking to kind of your thoughts about Gigi. Sure. And she was in my room and she said, where are those pants you wear all the time? <laughs> She literally, Chandler, took them and would not give them back. You can. <laughs> she says, it looks like you wear the same pants to school every day. <laughs> like, you have to stop. Because you know what someone asked her? Someone said to her in class, because she was saying that one of, her, like, I was one of her best friends. And someone goes, oh, is, is that the girl who wears the same pants every day? That's what oh someone's. Oh, my gosh. I know. Isabella, I know. God bless her. Wow. I can also hear her hear in her voice her saying it. Um, thank goodness for friends like that. That's real friendship. And wow, I, I'm just glad somehow you were able to win best dressed at school. I know. I really turned it around. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 
2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about, about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com. POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Let's get to the next part, which is her talking about really what happened around the Kanye West drama. Uh, Kanye yeah. West drama, I think, underscores the severity of the situation. Um, her being so maligned. This is what the article reads. It says, Kanye West wrote a song with vulgar lyrics about her and claimed that Swift had consented to it, which Swift denied. West's then wife, Kim Kardashian, released a video of a conversation between West and Swift that seemed to indicate that Swift had been on board with the song. The scandal with tabloid catnip. It made Swift look like a snake, which is what people called her. She felt like it was a career death, she says. Make no mistake, my career was taken away from me. It was a bleak moment. This is Taylor talking. You have a fully manufactured frame job in an illegally recorded phone call, which Kim Kardashian, she says her name, she names her, which Kim Kardashian edited and then put out to say to everyone that I was a liar. That took me down psychologically to a place I've never been before. I moved to a foreign country. I didn't leave a rental house for a year. I was afraid to get on phone calls. I pushed away most people in my life because I didn't trust anyone anymore. Mm-hmm. I went down really, really hard. I thought that moment of backlash was going to define me negatively for the rest of my life. I remember this and I remember being done with Taylor Swift. Here is what's tricky is Kim Kardashian really did make it seem like Taylor Swift said that song was totally fine. Yeah. And that she was trying to like play this, like the innocent girl, but then also the cool girl. mm -hmm. And so I think that one, one question I really have is why Taylor didn't just make a statement that says that video was completely edited. I never said what it seems like I said, why did it she? go on the Did record she, didn't and she, refute Did she it. ever say something? No. Didn't, she never, I don't think she said this was manufactured released, or I was, I was framed. Well, then how did we know that it was, it was a manufactured video then? We didn't know it was a manufactured video. We know years later that it is. Yeah. I've, I, I wonder a similar thing. I don't know. Maybe she just didn't want to take on Kim Kardashian in that moment. Maybe it was just all too much. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just ugh, the beef with her and with Kanye, the, the way Kanye treated her, the way that whole thing went down is just like terrible. And I will say Kanye at that moment 
was on top of the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think this was the height of Kimye. So the yeah. height of everyone being yeah. really, I mean, we were taken with their romance. We loved them. And so I think it's really, really captivating to hear her talk about that time. Really sad. But also, I think that for me, and I'm curious if you agree, I think that for me, I can sometimes think that someone like Taylor Swift, you can't keep her down for long. Like, it just seems like people, someone that successful, someone that rich, that on top of it, it's hard for me to imagine her ever truly having that terrible of a day. And I know that sounds really stupid, but there was something I think humanizing about hearing this experience from her because it's like, it doesn't matter how much she has or how easy her life is mm-hmm. for in certain ways. This really did completely devastate her. Yeah. I mean, I just remember so clearly this time in my own life where I was out on her and I remember when Reputation came out and I remember hating the album cover, not liking the album. Mm, yeah. And and I remember we we went to that concert and I was kind of like, yeah, I like a few songs. I, I did not re-enter my full Swifty fandom for mm-hmm. a while and even like post reputation like she just yeah. didn't do it for me anymore and that and i feel guilty about that every day yeah i think we both had a similar trajectory and journey and to be honest with you i feel like i really have hit my fever pitch with taylor swift fandom now and in the post evermore and folklore era and yeah i think that that was a time where she really felt like it was all over so very visceral to hear the details of that time I, and I think, too, when she says, I moved to a foreign country, I mean, that's that's clearly a nod to moving to London with Joe mm-hmm. or for Joe or, yeah, just relocating. And we really right. didn't hear from her. No, like she went into hiding. We'll talk about that in a second. Okay, the next thing I want to discuss is, so basically, we're getting all this new music from Taylor. Like, we got Folklore and Evermore dropped with, I think it was the same year, back to back, really yeah. closely. Yeah. Then we got Midnight's. And so we're getting so much more music from Taylor now. And there's a reason for that. And that reason has a lot to do with the creative freedom she has now. So she's talking about her old label before she okay. moved to her current label. So she says, the molecular chemistry of my last label was that every creative choice I wanted to make was second guessed. She says, I was really overthinking those albums. When she completed her contract with that label and moved to Lucian Grange's label, the father of Sophia Richie Grange, everyone, or I'm sorry, the father-in-law, the father-in-law, she was essentially given total creative freedom. So the article reads, Swift felt like she had been given carte blanche. Lucian and Monty basically said to me, whatever you turn in, we'll proudly put out. We give you 100% creative freedom and trust. It was exactly what she needed to hear most when the chips were down. If you look at what I've put out since then, it's more albums in the last few years than I did in the first 15 years of my career. So wow. just very, very interesting. And thank goodness for that. Like her music in the last 10 years has been so much better, I would say, than her early stuff. Yeah, I think that she has this license to really evolve, to really create things out of right. new sounds. I think so much... And I didn't, I didn't actually pull these quotes from the article to discuss, but so much of being a pop star or having one of these contracts is they want you to redo exactly what you did before so they can have another major hit. And then she talks about this basically like they sign teenagers. They -hmm. want them to do the same thing over and over. And then by the time they're 29, they want to find a new teenager. 
Right. And they don't really want to invest in the artistic trajectory of a true artist. Yeah. And so they don't want to take the risk because yeah, to be honest, a lot of artists take risks and they don't, it doesn't work. Right. And a lot of, yeah. And, and there are flops and there are things that don't work. And so I think that it is really so special to, to have such variation in her work. Now, I mean, I, I think there's a sophistication to her later music, especially folklore and evermore that will make the longevity of those songs really, really so great. I think it's worth noting too that folklore as I think what converted a lot of people to Taylor Swift who were not interested in her before. Yeah. Yeah. Folklore and, and evermore. Right. Okay. So then she talks about re-recording her old records after they were sold to Scooter, which for her is essentially the worst moment of her life. I'm just going to say really quick. I did not understand the mechanics of what had happened here until this article. Yeah. Yeah. So she says, I'd run into Kelly Clarkson and she would go, just redo it. Swift says, my dad kept saying it to me too. I look at them and go, how can I possibly do that? Nobody wants to redo their homework. If on the way to school, the wind blows your book report away. The little note I had for this was interesting to hear her kind of Honestly, it was kind of relatable, but complain about having to do some work. Like not not yeah. not to I know it's a huge amount of work. I'm not trying to be flippant at all. But I think that it was like almost kind of relatable that Taylor was like, I just didn't want to have to redo all that. That well, sounded like so much work. Another angle I think about is a lot of that early music, it's just a little juvenile. You know, it's like and those mm-hmm. uh, Mary's song, for example, the, the song you hate the most. Song I kind of appreciate for, you know, it's it being very like childlike, but I think there would be something about like, Oh great. I got to go like re-record Mary's song. I got to go re-record like picture to burn or maybe, maybe those aren't Mm -hmm. actually that might've not been on that album, but you know what I'm saying? Like maybe she was just like, I don't want, yeah, I don't want to do that. That's not me anymore. I also, I read an Instagram caption by Emojin Heap talking about re-recording clean. And she Mm -hmm. talks about how when they originally did it, Taylor was, I, I think she was touring in, Ireland or okay. Scotland. And on the day between shows, she asked if she could collaborate with Emojin. So she brought Clean, which was, she said, like 70% done. And so they kind of, they collaborated. Emojin added some layers to it. She said by the time she left that night, they spent all day together. It was 90% done. She spent time through the, into like the small hours, into late into the evening finishing it up and she sent it to Taylor and she was like, Oh, I hope she likes it. And then it ended up being, I think one of her most iconic songs. Right, so incredibly right. good and a huge hit on 1989 and get and being on the record. But you think about that, like you think about all the collaborators, all the artistic creative moments that she had trying to recreate those sounds. Like it would just be so daunting. I, I suppose to consider. Absolutely. And I also have so many questions about like, could they use production elements from before? Could they like, do they have to start completely from scratch? How many yeah, hours does it take to do these re-recordings? I'm we need so to get Lucy and Grange on the podcast. We do. We do. We need to get Taylor on the podcast, Chandler. We absolutely do. If we can fit her in somewhere, it'd be great. We'll to have, have Scott on. reach out to her team. Yeah. Okay. So another part was a very biting part about Kim Kardashian, Kanye West. Mm -hmm. So she says, my response to anything that happens, good or bad, is to keep making things, keep making art, she considers. But I've also learned there's no point in actively trying to quote unquote, defeat your enemies, she says. 
trash takes itself out every single time. Every single time the trash Incredible. takes itself out. It does. Look at look at where Kanye West is right now. Basically mm-hmm. canceled. His career is like at the lowest of lows. Scooter Braun, he's lost Ariana Grande. He's lost Justin Bieber. He's taken some hits. She's right. She's right. She's and I, I just love that she was really biting. Like, I love seeing that side of her because and she, I'm, like, deserves to, like, she gets to be that way. Yeah, and I love She's that she justified. named Kim Kardashian. I love that she mm-hmm. s- didn't say, like, there were people who put things out about me that weren't true. Right. I like that she's, you know, she named her. And I think that's such a that's such a power move. Kim Kardashian owes her the biggest apology and roses to fill every single one of her homes. I just, I wonder if there will ever be a, a redemption moment from Kim no. to Taylor. You don't no, think so? No, there's never going to be a time when Taylor forgives them. I don't think there's any redemption there. I mean, it's just honestly, it's like Monica on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City sleeping with her brother-in-law for 18 months. Like, you, there, you just don't come back from certain things. Yeah. And I think yeah. when you hear about the way it impacted Taylor, I just don't think there's ever coming back for her. Yeah. Yeah. So... Let's get to the part of the article we've been dying to discuss, which is all the revelations about Taylor and Travis. So yes, we got so many nuggets. So this is what Taylor says. She says, this all started when Travis very adorably put me on blast on his podcast, which I thought was metal as hell. (laughs) That part. Does anybody say that? Does Taylor Swift use that expression? I don't know. That was kind of funny to me. No, what I really appreciate is that everyone is confused as to what that means. It's not just me not being Gen Z, like truly on TikTok. Every single person is like, not sure what that means, but it's cute. I think it's her being like, it was like, you know, so hardcore, so cool. Ballsy. Just like ballsy, totally. Metal as hell. <laughs> uh, she's it's a wordsmith. It's like she cussed for the first time or something. It just does not doesn't feel natural at all. I know. I really want to hear her. her saying those words. Yes. Yeah. Because um, it just doesn't sound like her at all. Uh, was that the gel pen, Chandler? Do you think that was the quill writing that? Was that, is that a hot topic pen? <laughs> exactly. She says, we started hanging out right after that. So we actually had a significant amount of time that no one knew, which I'm grateful for because we got to get to know each other. By the time we went to the first game, we were a couple. I think some Mm. people think that they saw our first date at the game. We would never be psychotic enough to hard launch a first date. Hilarious. So revealing because we all did think that this was the first date and we were all like wow she is just very over enthusiastic yes yes this this is uh really she's not playing it cool she's not abiding by deb's rules right well yeah it was like you know it's the first date and she's spending three hours next to his mom at his game right right and cheering like and screaming in the stands Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we don't have a lot of faith in taylor swift's like play it cool factor or her chill factor i think yeah and i think that she kind of mentions that in the article right she's like i'm there to support travis i have no awareness of if i'm being yeah too much if i'm pissing people off which right. is which is great and which is right and correct the I way do it think, should be though it does make a lot more sense that this was two months into them dating and they're officially a couple that she's doing this versus a first or second it, date it gives me a lot more faith in their relationship 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I pieced together a little bit of the timeline. So his podcast came out on July 26th that, you know, basically saying that he tried to give her a friendship bracelet and it was in early September that she went to the first game. So yeah. she, or it was mid September, excuse me. So she had about two months with Travis yeah. privately. And yeah, I, I think that very interesting to know that when they were stepping out from that football game and they were driving off of that convertible, they were a couple at that point. And I Literally, it's funny because yeah. I imagine them in that convertible and I imagine them being like nervous and like it's don't a, like, know same. Like they're getting to know each other. Right, right. Yeah. Same, same. I thought it was so, like, a, really, like a bunch of grand gestures to try to like win her over from Travis. That's what I would like was imagining. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, she's probably loving this so much. Like what a fun little moment. Who knows if totally it'll last. Yeah. So okay, but then this is where. We get a deep cut from Taylor or a quote that cuts deep. I'm not sure if it's a deep cut. So she says, the larger point for her is that there's nothing to hide. So basically, excuse me, I should probably provide some context. The interview is kind of questioning, not necessarily questioning her, but kind of points out, you know, that they're choosing to have a, a more public relationship. This is what Taylor says. She says, when you say a relationship is public, that means I'm going to see him do what he loves. We're going to show up for each other. Other people are going to be there and we don't care. The opposite of that is you have to go to an extreme amount of effort to make sure no one knows that you're seeing someone and we're just proud of each other. (sighs) I hope that Joe is rolling in his grave. (laughs) (laughs) I just think that that is such an indictment of the relationship with Joe Alwyn mm-hmm. because what all she's saying is like, we're living our lives. We're proud of each other. Right, so we're not right. afraid to go about our daily lives, meaning right. showing up for each other. Meanwhile, back at her relationship with Joe, he couldn't show up for her in the way that Travis can. And I do think that was a pointed thing to say. Because I think Absolutely. by saying that we're just proud of each other, what she was saying is that there was a part of Joe that was not proud to be my boyfriend. And again, this bears repeating, I think it was because he was threatened by her success and he felt diminished standing next to her in public. Yeah, he was too cool. Diminished, he was insecure, too cool. So this is another this is another quote that I think sheds a lot of light on that phase of her life. So she says, over the years, I've learned I don't have the time or bandwidth to get pressed about things that don't matter. Yes, if I go out to dinner, there's going to be a whole chaotic situation outside the restaurant, but I still want to go to dinner with my friends. She continues, life is short. Have adventures. Me locking myself away in my house for a lot of years, I'll never get that time back. I'm more trusting now than I was six years ago. She'll never six years get ago? six years ago. The relationship with Joe is six years is she's talking right. about her relationship with Joe. She is not saying, Oh, that time when I was much more private, I used my interior resources to gain fulfillment. I really explored my inner life creatively. I drew so much from that time. It was so valuable for me. No, what she's saying Chandler is I'm never going to get that time back. Like right, those, right, that time right. was wasted on some level. Yes, yes, yes. Also, I'm just really happy that this is her evolution, that her evolution is not to become more and more private and less mm-hmm. trusting. I'm, it's so wonderful that, that she feels more empowered to, you know, be bolder, be more of herself publicly and to trust more. I just think that's like, that's really sweet and hopeful. And yeah, I'm here for it. Well, I think that also, and we talked about this a lot in our group chat about Taylor, but 
we've speculated that it was never her to be in hiding. It was never, it was, right. you know, what happened where she went away for so many years. The real Taylor, the authentic Taylor was the Taylor who we saw constantly. We saw her uh-huh. dating a bunch of different people. Mm-hmm. We saw her out all the time. We got her doing the catwalk outside her apartment basically every day. And Taylor, I think, really manages fame very well. And so I think this is also her affirming that and saying, yeah, like I I should never, I, that is not her to lock herself away. Right. No, it's not her. But we believed, we were led to believe that it was her or that that was like the true nature of a, of a deep relationship was that it was private. Right. Yes. Remember that Chandler? We were like, he, she's finally found the one. He just fulfills right. her. She, right. she, she doesn't need wants any external validation. Yes. Yeah. It's so, it's so real that it's so private. You know, this is just giving me more license to post more photos of my relationship on Instagram, which I think you absolutely should. I think I should too. I feel like we got so many insights into Taylor in this article, into the relationship with Travis. You know, some people are saying Chandler that she's overexposed now. A few of our listeners wrote that in and they said she needs to basically like, now we think we're at peak Taylor. We need to have her go away for a little while so that she can maintain her luster. That way people don't get sick of her. But my thought is I feel like Taylor doesn't want to go away. She doesn't want to hide again. No. This no. is who she is. She lives her life right. in the spotlight. And I don't think right. we need her to go away. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm not bloated. I'm not full. No. I want more. Oh, I'm still hungry for more and more of our girl. Hence yeah. why we're doing an entire emergency episode on right. this interview. Because we don't honestly, we don't know how many years it will be before she gives another interview. Totally. Oh, especially an interview. Like yeah. Yeah. Also, I, I could use a thousand more time interviews with her. There were so many parts of the article that I just, I thought gave such insight. Like it talked about how in her homes, there's a Barbie that I think Stevie Nicks, Stevie Nicks gave her. Yes. And then there's like yep. the quote on the wall or the written note from Paul McCartney. There's the right. tile around her fireplace from that she found with in her mom with Paris. It's just, I think so fun to hear about these little inner details of her life. Even mm-hmm. the fact that she goes and makes her own food uh, right. or gets her own food when she's resting from the tour. Oh. I hunger for all the details. I eat that up. Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, this is a special dispatch for the Swifties in the listeners. This is a Taylor Fest. So thank you for indulging us. Yes. Thank you for indulging and listening. And I hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know, I think we just need to cheers to Time's person of the year and this you know, golden era that we're living in. And, you know, I'm just, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm excited. Happy holidays, everybody. I don't want to know about another Time person of the year until it's Taylor Swift again. That's all I got to yes. say. Okay. Absolutely. Cheers to that. All right. All right. Love you guys. Bye guys. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Bye.